flatten a Coke can between his hands. Yet, miraculously, the tiny baby had survived, tucked and buckled into her car seat in the back. Desperation and despair threatened to thrash up inside Olivia like breaker waves over rocks, pummeling her and threatening to break her into a million pieces. Yet she was strangely numb. Fueled by adrenaline and caffeine, and, mercifully, distracted by the impossible responsibility she'd been called upon to bear. The interceding week had been a blur of packing, rearranging her schedule, her commitments, her life, to return home and take guardianship of Annabelle as her sister's and brother-in-law's wills had dictated. Olivia set her jaw firmly and pushed down all the sadness, fears, and doubts that churned about inside her, like why Trish had named her, the most unlikely of people, to take on such a critical job. No, she wasn't going there, to that dark place. Annabelle deserved better, and Olivia was determined, for Trish's sake, to do whatever it took to give her baby the best life possible. She owed it to her sister, and to Annabelle, because that's what Olivia always did. Her best. Always. A middle-aged woman behind her whispered to her companion, That's why I never took mine out till they were six months old. Babies that age belong at home. If only she had a pacifier. With chagrin, Olivia remembered she'd left the diaper bag Alex had packed for her in the car. So disruptive, the other woman said with a tisk. Why had she ever thought to bring the baby grocery shopping? It was only that she didn't want to ask anyone for help on her first day back. Anything she could do herself, she usually did. Asking for help was never her forte. Of all the self-help books she'd edited and read, no well-meaning advice seemed to leap into her head for this situation. Meditate. Think positive, send calming vibes into the universe, avoid clutter. All useless in the face of a screaming, inconsolable infant. She racked her brain. What else could she do to calm Annabelle? Rocking motion. She'd seen mothers do that with good results. Olivia began to roll the cart back and forth in what she thought was a soothing rhythm. There you go, Annie. It's all right, baby. Just a few more minutes. Something dinged. Olivia looked up to see a flashing light on top of the cashier's station. God, no, not the help light. The cashier barked into a microphone. Price check needed at register seven. Price check, register seven. Olivia shifted her weight from one foot to another. She still wore her heels, and right about now, her toes were screaming for flip-flops. She cracked her neck to dispel some tension, then bent low to whisper, Four more people, Annie. You can do it. Annabelle's cries intensified to all-out wails. Her face turned reddish-purple as a beet, her tiny mouth contorted into a vibrating oval. That was the white flag of surrender. Olivia would have to take the plunge and pick her up. People stared, judgment written on their faces. Hadn't anyone ever seen a baby cry before? She undid the belt between Annabelle's tiny, flailing legs and lifted her out of the car seat. What's that 
awful smell, someone from the next aisle looked over and said. What's... It soon became evident that the diaper had clearly leaked, leaving poo strewn all over the car seat and halfway up Annabelle's back. The sensation of wetness covered Olivia's hands and arms. She gulped and drew one hand away to find it covered with something she didn't even want to vocalize. A groan escaped her lips. A cowardly image flashed through her mind of setting the baby back down and fleeing as far and fast as she could. She awkwardly bounced the squawking baby. I would never abandon you, Annabelle, because I know what that's like, and you will never experience that. Ever. Instinctively, she held the baby more securely. Trish might have been too young to remember when their own mother left. But Olivia remembered.